This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. If you'd like to uh, turn with me, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 4, and verse 35. Do you not say, there are four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. And see that the fields are white for harvest. Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. And this, if you remember one thing about what I say this morning, remember this. Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. God has been talking to us about the season that we're in. He's been talking to us about the significance of this year that we're in. He's been talking to us about the need for a change of perspective, a change of paradigm, a change of the way that we think and work and act. And here Jesus gives a clear instruction, and this is what I want to focus on this morning. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. It's important in the natural to lift up your eyes. If you imagine if you, if you kind of walked around and you were just kind of looking down all the time. I mean, you'd be very equipped to see where you were placing your feet, but you'd have little or no idea about where you were going. And when you run, it, those, some of you will know that I'm a bit keen on running. Um, in fact, I think since I last preached, I've, I've acquired a qualification in run leading um, which doesn't mean my running is any better it just means I'm more aware of the (laughs) things I do wrong and I'm equipped to help others and hopefully apply those principles to myself but one of the things I've noticed about my running which isn't particularly good is that I have a tendency when I run to look down and I keep having to remind myself lift your eyes if you're going fast it's even more important to see where you're going But the tendency can be, particularly if you're on uneven ground or if you're going over obstacles, your your sight can drop down and your focus is upon just what's the next step I have to take. And you lose that perspective on where you are and where you're going. And I believe the exhortation to us in the spirit from the Lord is this. Lift your eyes. Be aware of where you are and where you're going. And I'm going to frame the message I'm bringing this morning. As I said, if you remember one thing, just remember this. Lift your eyes from these words of Jesus. But I'm going to be framing the significance of what I believe it means to lift your eyes from the book of Ruth. It's a book that we've looked at before and I trust you remember that while... The book of Ruth is a historic account. That is, it actually happened. It's a genuine historical account of what happened to Naomi and Ruth at a particular time in Israel's history. 
it's also a prophetic book. In fact, all the scriptures are prophetic books because they speak not just of the time that they were written, but they speak forward. They look forward. They lift their eyes to what is coming, to the, to the time that we are in, to the time of Christ. And it's, the book of Ruth is also a prophetic book that speaks in type and, an, and of shadow of the entire redemptive purpose of God that is found in Christ and in his church. It's a story about Boaz, who is the Lord of the harvest, a title which Jesus himself describes to the Father. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send out workers. And it's a story of the redeemed bride who was excluded from the promises and the purposes and the people of God and yet through the kindness and sovereignty of God is brought in and becomes part of the promise and becomes part together with Boaz of bringing forth the kingdom of David which speaks of the kingdom of God. So I'm going to be speaking from this book and just highlighting particular points that speak of our time and why it's important to lift our eyes. So we're going to start, if you haven't already turned to the book of Ruth, then please do that now. And I'm going to start with the end of uh, chapter 1. Where it says this, so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. This story, this prophetic story that speaks of Christ and the church, starts with this, that they return to the land of promise at a particular time, a particular season, and that season was the time of harvest. And one of the reasons, if you like, the first reason that we need to lift our eyes, that we need to be aware uh, of where we are, is we need to be aware of the season that we're in. We're in a season of harvest. That has come clearly through Kerry's exhortation and the prophetic word over the words that have been spoken to us, both as a church and, and in particular of this year, 2020 being the year of plenty, of being a year of outreach. We are in a season of harvest and we need to be we need to lift our eyes to be aware of the season Jesus uh, said I think this was a rebuke that he uh, gave to the Pharisees or the teachers of the law in Matthew 16 2 and 3 he said when evening comes you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red And in the morning, today will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. So what was Jesus saying? He's saying you know how to look up and to be aware of the season that you're in or or the, the implications of the moment by interpreting things in the natural. He's saying, but... I want you to be able to do the same in the spiritual, to lift your eyes and to see what's going on and be aware of the season that you're in. Because, you know, different seasons 
involve different activities. The book of Ecclesiastes, that's one of the major themes, is, is there is a time for every activity under heaven. And so it's important to know the time, to know what activities are appropriate. Um, I am at a stage of life now where we have two teenage sons. <laughs> one of them um, is at home, probably asleep. And that's one of the things I notice about teenagers is, is sometimes they do the right thing, but at the wrong time. <laughs> we have this daily battle, like morning time is a time to get up and night time is a time to go to bed. They still do the right things. They still sleep. Their life loves sleep. But they tend to do it at a different time, which then makes getting up harder. But God wants us to be mature. And part of being mature is not just doing the right things, but doing the right things at the right time. It's being aware of the season and acting appropriately to the season that you're in. Proverbs 10 Verse 5 says this, He who gathers crops in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Now it's not saying that sleep is bad, because elsewhere in the scripture it says the Lord grants sleep to those he loves. But he's saying if you are in a time of harvest, then there is an activity that is required to gather the crops And if instead of gathering the crops, you're sleeping and resting, then that is inappropriate for the season that you're in. So the first reason that God wants us to lift our sight is to be aware of the season that we're in and to understand that an awareness of that season comes a responsibility to act in a way that is appropriate for that season. It says uh, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says this of the men of Issachar. It says they were men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And that's what God wants of us, his people. Not just to be those who are walking down, just taking one step after another, but who have lifted our sight, who understand the times and who know what God's people should do. the the actions that are appropriate for the season. See, a change of season is also a change of behaviour. You know, things that were appropriate in one season suddenly are no longer right or appropriate or fitting. It doesn't mean they're wrong, it just, they're no longer fitting. You know, in winter you would put on loads of layers and a scarf and a hat when you go out for a walk. If you tried to do that same thing in summer... It's not, it's not wrong, it's not immoral, it's not illegal, it's just inappropriate, it's not fitting. And God wants us to know that there were things that we were doing, and they're not wrong, they're not contrary to his will or his purpose, but they're no longer fitting for the season that we're coming into. And that's why he's calling us to change, because he wants us to have an appropriate response to the season that we're in. There are some things that we need to start. A time of harvest is not a time to defer. Jesus said, you say four months and then the harvest. But I say to you, look and see now 
that the fields are white for harvest. And so God is calling us to start some things now, not to defer and say they're for some far off time. So there's a change of behavior that God is calling us to that because they are fitting for the season and we need to lift our eyes, see the, see the time and know the appropriate behavior for this time. Turn with me a bit further on in the book of Ruth to chapter 2 now (coughs) and verse 8. It says, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping. The next thing, the next reason that it's important for us to lift our eyes is so that we can see our harvest field. Not just to see the harvest generally, but specifically to see our harvest field. Where is it that the Lord is saying to us, like Boaz said to Ruth, Don't go to another field, but stay in this one. This is where I am calling you. These are the people that I am calling you to work with. This is the plan. Keep your eyes on the field. It says, a fool's eyes wander to the edge of the earth, but he who is wise works his field. Not that it's wrong to have your eyes to the ends of the earth. God has called us to be part of a global plan. But if we only see the global plan and we don't see our field, we don't see our part of it, then it just remains theoretical. It just remains something that we can give our consent to and our amen to and expect that God will do it or different people in different parts of the world will do it. While our eyes are always just in some other place, We're not engaging on what God wants us to do here in our harvest field. So God wants us to lift our eyes to see where he wants us to be working, to see our harvest field, to see what he has said to us. This is where I want you to work. These are the people that I want you to be reaching. You see, it's easy for us to sign up to the idea that it's harvest time. It's easy for us to say amen to 2020 being the year of plenty. We can, get, we can all get excited at the thought of new people coming to Christ, but do we see where we fit into that plan? Because God wants us all engaged. And God wants us to see not just the harvest in general, but where is our field? Where is it that he says, keep your eyes on this field and do not go elsewhere because I've got harvest for you to gather in this field. <coughs> Luke 10, 1 to 3, again, I've mentioned this uh, before. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, 
I am sending you. (laughs) And it's interesting, there are two sides of the coin. On one hand, Jesus says, I want you to see the harvest field and I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out his workers. And then almost in the very next breath, he says, go, I'm sending you. And he wants us to see that there's no disconnect between our prayers, what we're praying for when we're praying to see the harvest and what he is commanding us to go and to engage with the harvest field that he has called us to. He wants us to be the answer to our own prayers. Um, So we need to lift our eyes to see where he is sending us, not just the general, but the specifics. Turn with me a bit uh, further on in the book of Ruth to um, verse 15, uh, chapter 2, verse 15. So this is talking about Ruth gleaning in Boaz's field, the field that he had told her to keep her eyes on. It says, When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. Here Boaz is giving instructions to the workers in his field. He's giving instructions to the workers in the field saying, This woman is here by my will, by my command, and I want her to glean in this field. And I'm actually commanding you, not just not to obstruct her, but to make her life easier. You know, Jesus told a parable which mentioned the workers in the field. Uh, It's in Matthew 13, which is a where Jesus told a lot of his parables, and it's often referred to as uh, the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And it's in Matthew 13, verses 37 to 39 says this. He answered, and this is where Jesus is explaining the parable that he's told. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed Sorry, the good seed stands, that's a bit of a tongue twister, good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are the angels. The workers in God's harvest field who he has commanded to assist us in our mission to bring in the harvest are the angels. And I believe one of the things, one of the reasons that God wants us to lift our eyes is to give us insight into what is going on in the heavenly realms that is not against us, but is for us as we go out to gather in the harvest. There are more who are for us than are against us. Do you remember the story of um, Elisha when he was besieged by the army? And and, uh, Elisha's servant wakes up one morning and opens the door and the hill that they're on is completely surrounded by the natural enemies of Israel. 
and he's downcast in it and he goes in and the prophet is not concerned and he just says, Lord, open the young man's eyes. And it says he lifted his eyes and he saw. His vision was full with the chariots and horsemen, the angels, the the chariots of fire that were surrounding him. God wants us to lift our eyes, to see what's going in the heavenly realms and to see that there is more for us than is against us. You know, there is a false understanding that often goes around that if you have spiritual discernment, it means that you see demons everywhere. (laughs) Have you ever come across people who think like that who think that if they have spiritual discernment it means that they can perceive territorial spirits or the or name the spirits that are over people or individuals or areas or they go into areas they can they can somehow discern the demon that is in charge of that area you know what did jesus say to the 72 When they came back and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were excited because they'd seen demons and saw that they they could overcome the demons. But what did Jesus said to them? He said, I was looking up and I saw in the heavens Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome All the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Lift your gaze and rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And it's not that it's you're not seeing realities, it's you're looking in the wrong place. Jesus says, I've put the demons under your feet. And if you're looking around and you're seeing demons, it means you're looking down. When God wants you to lift your gaze and look up. The demons are under your feet. As you walk out, Jesus has given you authority. You don't need to be concerned with what's going on down here. Jesus says, lift your gaze and see what's going on in the heavens. I was looking into the heavens and I saw your enemy cast down. I was looking into the heavens and I see that your names are written in heaven and not just your names, but there are many other names that are written in heaven who don't yet know it yet, who don't yet know that they're part and called to be part of this wonderful purpose of God. And if we're just walking, looking and seeing demon after demon and problem after problem, we haven't got our eyes lifted as God wants us to see our heavenly vision, our heavenly calling, our heavenly destiny and the names that are written there. Names that are going to fill some of the empty chairs in this room. If we lift our eyes and see the angels. It's not just that what is going on in the spiritual realm is, is not just to hinder us, but it's actually to help us. Boaz said to his workers, I, I don't just want you to let her gather the harvest, but I actually want you to prepare individual sheaths left in her path for her to pick up. That's another reason we need to lift our eyes to see those divine appointments, those things where the angels themselves have gone ahead of us to prepare individuals that are lying in our path just waiting 
for us to pick them up. Yes, there's a harvest to be reaped, but there are also these sheaves that have been pulled out and are ready. And we need to get out of the mindset that somehow it's difficult, or as Matthew said, it means doing something that we don't want to do. Sometimes it just means being in the right place at the right time and having your eyes lifted to see what is going on. It's important to see the angels because, you know, as I've, I don't claim to know a lot about angels and I don't claim that I've ever seen an angel in real life, but I've been becoming more aware and discerning of the ministry of angels and I've come to understand that there's a big overlap between the ministry of angels and our ministry as those who are called to be evangelists. In fact, I don't think it's accident, an accident that the word evangelist actually contains the word angel, evangelist, because there's, there's an overlap. We have a similar ministry. <clears throat> Our ministry is like this. Hebrews 1.14 says this, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. They are sent to those who will inherit salvation. We also, in, when we take up the role of an evangelist, are those who are sent to minister to those who are going to inherit salvation with us. They are the workers in the harvest field. We are those who pray to the Lord of the harvest, send out workers, and then he says, Go! Just as Ruth was working alongside Boaz's helpers, we need to realise that when we are engaging in the act of evangelism, we're actually engaging with the same activity as the angels of heaven. Their mission, their um, commission was to go and proclaim the good news, to be heralds of the good news. That's our mission to go and proclaim the good news. They were sent to reveal the glory of the Lord. That's the nature of the church, is to reveal the glory of the Lord. So when we go out into his harvest field, instead of looking down and trying to discern the spiritual forces that might be opposed to us, let's lift our eyes and see that actually when we engage with God's mission, all his angelic hosts is with us and for us and actually has gone before us. Jesus sent out the 72 to everywhere where he himself was about to go. But he sent his, his messengers ahead of us to prepare us and there are going to be some that are prepared just for us if we're, if we're in the right place at the right time and, and are aware. We can be like the angels of God to the people that we encounter You know, it was said of Philip just before, um, uh, sorry, of Stephen, just before he was stoned, when he looked up and he saw the glory of Jesus seated at the right hand of majesty. That's what he saw. But when people looked at him, they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And if we have our eyes fixed on what is going on in the heavens, then in the places that we go, what, peop- what we see is what's going on in the heaven, but what, what people see when they encounter us will be 
as if an angel had been sent to them. And because it's because he's gone ahead of us, it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be difficult. It just means taking the opportunities. I'll give a couple of examples of times where, for me, it wasn't easy. It was just being in the right place at the right time and being aware of an opportunity. There was one time when um, I had to go to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham probably to pick up some medication or to, uh, to get some bloods done. Since my surgery, it's something I have to do. And every time I'm there, I'm just filled with gratitude of the journey that God has brought me. And even though I'm, I'm going back to the hospital, it's as a visitor and not as, a, as, as an in, in... I was going to say inmate, but, you know, <laughs> not as someone who, who's having to stay there. I'm just full of gratitude, but, but I'm aware that, that it's a place that is sometimes full of, of suffering and full of bad news. And as I was coming back, I came to the car park and I saw this couple and they were struggling with the parking meter. And they were obviously had been to the hospital and they were coming back and they, they were struggling and they were looking in their wallet. So I just, I just said to them, what, what's, the, what's the, the problem? And they say, oh, we don't have the right change for the parking. And I just said, what? what, what? How, how much are you short? And they just said 10p. So I reached into my wallet and I took 10p and I put it into the meter and they got this ticket. Now, I don't know what they'd been through, whether they'd had bad news or whether they were visiting friend, but what I know is it cost me 10p and it completely transformed them. And they said to me, you know what, you are an angel. Obviously, I'm not an angel, but what I'm saying is when you're in the right place at the right time and something so small, it can be as if you're like an angel sent from God to transform that situation. We, as I said, sometimes we think that to be an evangelist means we've got to do things we don't want to do. It means it's going to be difficult. Sometimes, you know, God may call us to do difficult things. That's, that's part of it. But... I believe a lot of it is just lifting your eyes to see the people who are around you and sometimes even doing something so small as 10p, 10p. And, but for them, I was like an angel sent from God. <clears throat> Let's uh, turn now to... Um, actually, before we do that... <clears throat> I do have one more, one more place in, in Ruth to, um, to go to. But first I want to read something from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says this. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The last and the most important reason we need to lift our eyes is to see the Lord himself. To see Jesus. We're running a race, but we're not running a race looking down at our feet. But God is saying, 
Lift your eyes and fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, I have a number of um, biographies of great runners that I've read. I've read Mo Farah's biography. I've um, read Paula Radcliffe's biography. Um, I've got um, other biographies that, 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 I've, that I've read, probably of names that you wouldn't know. But there's, um, you probably have heard of, of this individual, and it's a biography that I'm currently halfway through. Uh, a man called Eric Liddell. Yep. He was not just a runner, but he was uh, a great Christian missionary. Um, and, and eventually uh, was, a, was a modern martyr. He died in a uh, in, um, prison of war camp. Um, but he, he had a very peculiar running style. He was a gold medalist. But when he ran, he actually ran with his head up, looking at the heavens. And although that's not a great running form, it's actually a great spiritual illustration that when we run our race, the writer to Hebrews says we're not to be looking down, but we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And the, and the last thing I want to turn us to is where Ruth goes and encounters Boaz himself in the harvest field. And it's in Ruth, the beginning of Ruth chapter 3. Uh, verses 1 to 3, it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, anoint yourself, put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. So Ruth goes and he, she encounters Boaz. She encounters the Lord of the harvest. But she encounters him amongst the harvest. He's threshing the harvest. He's, he's amongst the harvest that he himself has gathered. And I believe this again is part of this change of mindset that God wants for us. Because we know what it's like to encounter God in the upper room. We know what it's like to encounter God inside the four walls of of the church building. But God is saying, I want you to know that I'm not just the Lord of the church, I'm not just the Lord of the meeting, but I'm the Lord of the harvest. And as you go out into the harvest field, it's not just the angels, but you will encounter the Lord himself. And increasingly, I believe, he wants to be known to us as the God who will reveal himself to us, not just in, in, in this place, inside these four walls, in this upper room, but out in the harvest field, we will have encounters with the Lord himself. We will have times of being equipped and stirred and filled with the Holy Spirit, not just in a meeting, But in a moment, when we're in those right places at the right time, when God wants to equip us to be like an angel of heaven to the people who he wants to inherit salvation, to those people whose names are written in heaven but they don't yet know it yet, to the people who are part of this 
church congregation, but who have yet to come and claim their seats. We're going to encounter the Lord in his harvest field. He wants us to to have this increasing awareness and increasing experience of what it is to, to encounter that same dynamic, tangible presence of the Lord, not just in a place like this, but breaking in to our everyday when we're out in our harvest field. He will be there to meet with us, to equip us and to presence himself with us. So lift your eyes. As I said, if you remember one thing, if someone asks you, what did Chris preach about on Sunday? If you remember one thing, remember this, lift your eyes. Why? Because God wants us to see. And what do you see is a really important question. It's interesting how often that question occurs in the prophets. What do you see, Jeremiah? What do you see, Ezekiel? What do you see, Amos? What do you see, Zechariah? But what do you see, Carol? What do you see, Adam? What do you see, Hillary? What do you see, Jeff? What do you see, Chris? Lift your eyes and see that the fields are white to harvest. You know, Abraham was content to live as a pilgrim for his whole life. Why? Because of what he had seen. He'd seen the city of God and that vision carried him through because he wasn't walking just one step after another, but he'd seen the city of God saying, I'm not going to settle here when my destination is there. Paul's testimony when he gave an account of his ministry before King Agrippa, he said, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. The way I have led my life has been in accord with what I have seen. Are we running, looking down, just taking one step after another, concerned about the difficulties, our problems, or have we lifted our eyes to see the season, to see the harvest, and not just the harvest, but our harvest field? To see the angels, to see that those who are for us are more than those who are against us and to see that God has sent them ahead of us to prepare individuals and all we need to do is to see that we're in the right place at the right time with our eyes lifted to take the opportunity for those sheaves that have been pulled out of the bundle and to see the Lord himself, to encounter him in his harvest and to see what he is doing. You know that Jesus said, I only do the things that I see my Father doing. If we have our eyes lifted to see what God is doing, then we too can say, we're doing what we've seen our Father doing, and we can join in. Let's endeavour to lift our eyes and to live like that this week. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. 
You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.